Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another mini episode of Dear Prudence. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Grace Lavery, an associate professor in the Department of English at UC Berkeley. And now, here's our first letter. Uh, this next one, I feel like I get a version of this one, and it's always so funny to me. Uh, I won't do a prologue. I will read the question, then I will tell you what I think. That's funny. Hit me. The subject is, how do I talk about my recently out trans sister with colleagues and friends? Dear Prudence, my sister has recently come out as trans and I'm totally behind her. I've always been super proud of her. She's a brilliant lawyer working for our city government. I've often talked about, quote, my brother across town or, quote, my brother the lawyer to friends and colleagues. I'm not sure to talk about my sis- how to talk about my sister in a way that doesn't make this a huge thing, but that still lets people know that my other sister didn't become a lawyer and moved to our town overnight mm. and that the sister I'm, talk- I'm referring to is the person they've previously known. I think, again, you sound like a lovely, supportive person. Yeah. I think we can totally help you with this. It's also like this kind of question is one I get a lot. That's very like, I want to support my trans friend or relative. Yeah. But like, how do I, you know, obviously I can't pretend they're really the gender they say they are. Right. Yeah. Like, how do I let people know, you know, really they used to be this? Like, yeah. And again, I'm not saying that your intention is to like denigrate that. It's just like yeah. you just say my sister, by the way, that's like. The person I talked about before, she recently transitioned. Yeah, she recently transitioned. My, my, my sibling transitioned. Yeah, she goes by whatever her new name is yeah. now. It's a, it, yeah. And yeah. then even if you're talking about her in the past, you call her your sister. Yes, and um, use a new name. It works so much better than my sister, who was a boy at the time. Yeah. Everybody feels weird about that. It doesn't yeah. work. It, it makes you feel weird. It, it, it does not um, uh, do the thing you hope it will. And congrats to your sister on being uh, seemingly awesome. She sounds great. Yeah, but that's it. You just mentioned that she transitioned. Say what name she uses now. People will get it. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Um, Is there more to be said? No, I I think this person really is like the best possible version of this question. Yeah. I don't get any note here of like, I'm willing to pretend this is your gender going forward, but don't ask me to rewrite my own past. Where right. I, you know, like that kind of vibe, which I do sometimes get from these letters. I see what you mean. Yeah. No, I don't I don't see this person saying that at all. Although I can see how a, a letter that said these things would also say that maybe mm-hmm. um, in other circumstances. Uh, yeah. Uh, how, do, how do we feel about that? Like, what 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 is the response to that yeah. when, when that comes up, which it isn't here? Yeah, I, I, I think... You know, don't do that. But is there like a reason why people shouldn't do that? I mean, like, I, I feel like there's something kind of, you know, prima facie persuasive about my memory of us as children was that you were my brother. That is something that I remember and, and, and is important to me in some structural psychic way. It will be odd for me to revise that psychic difference that that would make in line with your adult self-understanding. Sure. I think that's often something that cis relatives especially will will say as if the trans person in question doesn't know that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think every trans person is aware 
yeah. that it will be an adjustment or that that will require a change. Oh, so, so in other words, we, we we trans people should frame that as a favor that we're asking. No, not at all. Yeah. I, I, I think it's the sort of thing that often feels like, yes, I was aware this would be a big change. That's why I've come out to everyone about my transition. Yeah. Um. So again, that doesn't mean you can't ever talk about ways in which something is challenging. But I do think oftentimes people will start talking about the challenging stuff right away. Uh-huh. They will say, it's hard for me, but I'm trying. And then they won't try. And then they will keep saying it endlessly. Totally. Yeah. But there must also be a sort of good faith version of this, of someone who says, you know, I, I fully and uncomplicatedly uh, affirm uh, my sister's gender identity. I also have memories of us as kids, uh, which have been part of my life, they're part of a story that I have told about myself many times that have really had to do with the maleness of my sibling as mm. something that was important to me. Um, how can I tell stories about my own life with this person that both reflect the lived reality that I have incorporated into my being and also reflect the lived reality that they have incorporated mm. into theirs? Like, I guess one possible answer would be something like, you know, my feeling that I had a brother did not mean, in fact, that I had a brother. Right. But but, but that's kind of a tricky statement. Like, to me, that, that seems probably the best answer. But it does seem a little tricky. I do think... I think that's getting a little farther afield from this question, totally which is true. fine. Yeah. I just want to acknowledge, I think this letter writer just really wants to make sure that their colleagues aren't confused. I totally agree. Um, yes. I, I, I was sort of following a thread because this particular question seemed quite easy to answer. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. So I don't think this is... I, I think one of the things that I remember when I was talking, especially to people who had known me a long time about... Mm-hmm my transition, my name change, my pronoun shifts, my taking testosterone, my pursuing surgery, all those kind of constellation of choices that resulted in my transition. Um, I felt very much like when I would call myself Danny in the past, I was able to hold that tension in the moment of like, Mm -hmm. I could remember at the time I was called a different name. I looked different. It yeah. also felt true to say, like, the person who became Danny or Danny-ness was also present there. Right. So I, I think one of the things that I, I wonder if maybe cis people don't realize is, like, trans people aren't asking that and, and saying, like, I want you to go back through all your memories and, like, redraw the version of me that you think of. It's just, like, this is my name now. That name exists both backwards and forwards in time. I don't mean that you need to um, censor your own memories. And and I think maybe sometimes people respond to the idea of using a new name or a new pronoun as um, you are asking me to do that. And I think maybe they don't realize that's not always the case. Well, I sort of feel like I do sometimes want people to do that, though. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I At least I can't. I, I don't know the grounds on which I would be utterly confident about distinguishing what I would do from that. It it strikes me that, yes, indeed, um, I, I went to a boys' school, for goodness sake, you know. Um, I don't think that school now needs to change its name uh, because I was there. Yeah, I, I, I think it is possible for people to imagine, like, you know, and I, again, I'm, like, thinking about my own family. My mother, right, is very, it's very important to my mother that when she was a kid, she had a relationship with her brother. Mm -hmm. And that brother was not a sibling. 
That brother was a brother. The maleness of the brother was a significant factor in the relationship. And the relation to my now uncle's maleness is kind of one of the defining dimensions of my mother's personality. I cannot quite imagine uh, a world in which my mother could possibly have made herself psychically available to think of my uncle as a woman who my my uncle's not a trans woman by the way but like i don't think that my mother would have been available for a kind of psychic inquiry of that kind um without in some way like radically encountering the 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 kind of formative aspects of her own psychology and and i it you know it's it strikes me that is partly what happens like that mm-hmm. actually you know this is where i think i really do agree with you danny it's like you know, trans people actually are doing this work all the time of thinking, like, what does this mean as a movement back and forward in time? What does it mean to, like, start, like, understanding my past in a new and in some ways really different way? And I also realized that I speak as someone who, like, just didn't have the experience of anyone saying, oh, we don't get this from you. Everyone in my past... And you don't have siblings. And I don't have siblings. Everyone in my past was just like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, glad you've finally sorted this one out. Mm -hmm. Um which was an unusual experience. So so no one had to do this kind of editing. But I do feel like, you know, maybe maybe the the, the way to bring this kind of line of thinking home because I'm aware it's like a pretty tricky one is just to say like listen to how trans people think about this kind of thing ourselves. Um like the philosophical questions raised by how do we think about the past existence of a of a trans identity in our own lives? And read Jules Gilpeterson's book, uh, Histories of the Transgender Child, which is brilliant. Yeah, and I think too, like I, I'm also just aware that uh, it's hard for me to assume good faith in these kinds of questions, and I want to leave real room for the possibility that many cis family members do ask these questions in good faith and yeah. want to engage in a way that's not about. Um, punishment censorship manipulation totally yeah. i mean which of course it so often is and I, I would never deny that i think the point that i'm just trying to register is like when we think about like how do we relate to something called gender in the world or the existence of patriarchy in the world or however we want to frame that um i think we can say we relate to our own gender or we relate to our own situation within the scheme of patriarchal power distribution and but and also we relate to the gender of other people and that is important to us as well like Mm -hmm. it is important to me that i was raised by two women you know um that is an that is like an important aspect of my life and you know again we're so far away from this letter by the way and we're so far away from like the majority version of this letter which is like you know how it's really a question of like politeness and yeah exactly but like the sort of philosophical question of like how do we think about um the phenomenon of trans identification moving backwards in time mm-hmm. insofar as it affects other people's memories of us. Like, I don't know, to me, that's that's a really interesting question. And the, right. the people I'm most interested in hearing think about it are trans people. But right. it's, you know, it's an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of the reason I can get rightly defensive about this question, like I don't want to apologize too much for my own jumpiness, is just one of the things that carried a lot of weight or, or made me feel 
burdened when I was thinking a lot about transition, but not yet sharing it with the people that I loved, is I had a real sense of guilt of like, all these people in my life have known me and loved me as this name and this understanding of my gender. Mm -hmm. And I'm taking that away from them. And what I'm asking of them Mm -hmm. is akin to trying to punish them for having loved me in Mm -hmm. a different form. And I felt so much guilt about that that it, it really delayed my own ability to name what I was going through mm-hmm. with a lot of people. And so I, I, I think also my just sensitivity to then those people saying the very thing that had kept me from wanting to talk about it at all yeah. often felt really crushing. And so I just I think it's also good to bear in mind as real and true as those feelings may be, I think it can be helpful to share it first with somebody who's not the trans person in your life. Yeah, w- just so you with can, us. Yeah, with you us know, or yeah. with a friend, just so you can get out some of the bigger yeah. feelings and then you can have a slightly more like calm, filtered version of the conversation with them, which doesn't mean you can't I, talk about it. I don't even it. think you need, in the context yeah. of like a trans person coming out, I don't think you would need to at all. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, again, like, um, I don't think this is something I would ever want to encourage anyone to say in relation to someone telling them they were trans. You know, like that is a moment where you do not fucking start processing your own feelings. You know, I think that's important, but that doesn't mean those feelings aren't themselves worthy of some kind of exploration in other kinds of contexts and other kinds of schemes. And, you know, to return to you just for a minute, Danny, since you were just talking about your own experience, it occurs to me like one of the things we could say about you and your transition in particular is like a lot of people, including me, we're given an opportunity to really rethink what certain kinds of categories meant in our lives. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I am grateful for that opportunity and all of the value that it has brought into my life. And I'm not just talking about like at the domestic family level. I'm also talking about in terms of like your writing and in terms of the work that you do in the world, which I, you know, think about in these terms as well. And I know so many people do, Mm. You know, so there was there was a way in which like your, your transition was a really beautiful example of how to do this so well, which is to say, as you did in that one. Sorry, I'm just like fangirling no, you or I whatever mean, now, but it's like the one interview down. where you were like, you know, um, the Mary Spinster is still there, but is you know not not there in the way she was, and yeah. um, there was something about that interview that I found so perfectly moving and so perfectly encapsulating that kind of. Um, this this exact difficulty that we're talking about, you know, which is like people related to the toast and the women of the toast in a certain way that was being pressurized and challenged. And I think it's it, I know we should move on to our next letter. Yeah. But I think, too, it's something that often comes up with anybody who who transitions like as an adult, as an older adult, yeah. like the, the longer you have kind of. um built up time in another gender oftentimes this question gets bigger and bigger and um that's right i just yeah i we'll we'll move on it's time we got a nice simple one next that was really simple though the problem with that one was that it was too simple (laughs) and then we got too complicated right fair enough so i will read this next one the subject is mother-in-law not inviting me to christmas morning but the problem of course here is that this woman is not your mother-in-law um the whole issue is that Well, they're not married. This is a boyfriend question. Uh, And so the whole problem here is like, to what extent am I considered part of the family versus not? And it's very clear the letter writer feels like this woman's my mother-in-law. I'm part of the family. So, dear Prudence, my boyfriend of three years just mentioned to me that his mother, quote, wants to keep it simple this Christmas morning and not include me or his sister's boyfriend to breakfast. My boyfriend and I live together and I get along with his family well. I am feeling very hurt and not sure how to approach this. What am I supposed to do? Stay at home by myself? 
I, I don't think that's the only option. You could hang out with your sister's boyfriend. You know he's going to be free. Yeah. Um, your own family, presumably not an option. Friends. Yeah. Volunteer take, at a soup kitchen. Go to a movie. Yeah. Um, take a walk. Yeah. You, yeah. Got, lo- you got lots of options. Um, and I, I think that's not a problem uh, you know yeah, I, especially again, like, it sounds like you're going to be getting together for the rest of the day yeah like it's not like uh, the the one thing that would irritate me i don't know how long ago this letter came in but the letter writer says my boyfriend just mentioned to me and so if this happened within the last couple of days and it's like a week and a half before christmas i could totally understand feeling a little bit of a sense of hey if your mom told you this like three weeks ago and you're just telling me now that's irritating but that's a, a relatively low-level complaint to have. Mm. So, yeah, I would just say I, I get it. If you want to talk to him about, hey, I feel like I would in the future like to make holiday plans together, just the two of us. It's certainly an argument you can make, see how he th- feels about it. But um, find something that you would enjoy to do. It doesn't sound like she treats you badly or is trying to hurt your feelings or exclude you. Occupy yourself for two or three hours and then meet up with them afterwards. Yeah. I I sympathize, by the way, in the feeling of um, rejection. I, you know, I, I get it. Like, I feel that way too frequently. Um, I, I am someone who always wants to be invited to everything. And like, sometimes I've made the mistake of inserting myself into things where I'm not sort of directly in- included. It never works. You never feel good about it. Um, I have stories about that that I'm definitely not going to share but like the um yeah yeah the feeling is hard but it would not I promise you you don't necessarily know this until you know this but I promise you it would not help for you just to show up anyway right that would be really painful for you um and uh you I'm even in the best case scenario of everyone in the family being incredibly welcoming and chill about it you'd feel terrible and uh it would actually hurt other things Again, I'm speaking from experience there. So, like, um, yeah, I, I have sympathy with the difficult feeling. You you have lots of options, and I'm sure you're going to find something cool to do. I couldn't agree more. And even if you find something slightly boring to do, it's just a couple hours. That's our mini episode of Dear Prudence for this week. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. As always, if you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR. That's 3327, and you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location. And at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short. 30 seconds, a minute tops. Thanks for listening. 